Hello, and welcome to episode three of Sunflower Sutras. I am your host, Tara. Today, I'm going to start things off with a lovely little morose poem by William Blake entitled The Caverns of the Grave I've Seen. The caverns of the grave I've seen, and these I showed to England's queen. And now the caves of hell I view, who shall I dare to show them to? What mighty soul and beauty's form shall dauntless view the infernal storm? Ergamon's countess can control the flames of hell that round me roll. If she refuse, I still go on, till the heavens and earth are gone, still admired by noble minds, followed by envy on the winds. Re-engraved time after time, ever in their youthful prime, my designs unchanged remain, time may rage and rage in vain. For above time's troubled fountains, on the great Atlantic mountains, in my golden house on high, there they shine eternally. And here with us today, we have Rhonda Miller, poet extraordinaire. She is currently talking to us from Lawrence, Kansas on the phone. You want to give a little ring out? Hi, Tara. Thank you so much for having me on. I'd like to just say hello to everybody in the listening audience. And uh, before we get to the nitty-gritty of the matter, if you just want to introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. I'm Rhonda Miller. I'm a life coach who lives in Lawrence, Kansas. And I work predominantly with people who have lost someone to homicide, but I do have other coaching clients. And I became a poet, I'm going to say 12 years ago, although... I was a creative writing major way back when um, at Kansas University, and then I wrote predominantly short stories, so um, I've always enjoyed writing, but uh, mostly it's been poetry as of the last decade. I remember the first time I heard your work uh, in Lawrence at the Word Saves Lives event, and uh, I was just, I was immediately taken by your work. Thank you. I think uh, that specific event certainly is quite powerful, and uh, I know I myself have been very impressed with the type of poetry that is shared, and um, I think that I'm, you know, going fairly deep, and then I'll hear another poet read something, and it gives me permission to, to go deeper, too. So a lot of truths are told at that event, yes. and I think they're very helpful to other people. Yes, that is absolutely true. And, you know, touching on that matter, a lot of your subject matter is definitely, it's hard-hitting material. It really is. You've got a couple of books out. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. My first book of poetry is called Going Home, Poems from My Life, and it probably has a little more of the nature, the love of Kansas um, scenery and so forth, healing aspects of, of Kansas and nature in it. Although it does start off with the poem um, called Milking Me Woman, which I probably did at the event you're talking about, which basically goes into when I was three and you set me out to play in the snow while you put a bullet through your heart. Um, that poem is, is starts off that book. Um, then a couple of years ago, actually in 2015, um, my second book of poetry called Moonstain was published by Meadowark books 
here in uh, Kansas. It's actually located in Emporia. And then they did my third book last summer in July. Water Signs was released. Moonstain deals a lot with loss, death, certainly different stages that I went through following my mother's suicide, which occurred when I was three. So Moonstain also has some poems in it, um, Out of the Walls, which is, you know, kind of a seven, eight-year-old child who during the day thinks that her grandparents are keeping her mother alive, but hidden in the walls. But at night, the mother is able to come out and sit on her bed and heal her and, and help her. Um, and then it moved into more angry poems like Stone Eyed Cold Girl and Mama Slam. And Mama Slam discusses a lot about the trauma and what happens to a child when they're not allowed to talk about things that they need to and don't get therapy and and uh, just kind of the, not only the anger but the self-destruction that can occur when those thoughts and feelings are played in one's own head without any type of release. So, and that's a fairly popular poem in the prison settings from what I understand. A couple of friends of mine are good about going into prison system and working with both male and female populations and they'll they've said that they read that poem and that a lot of them identify with that so talks about promiscuity drug use uh cutting stealing you know just kind of many uh negative aspects that young people on the their own devices without feeling like they have um guidance or empathy or understanding by themselves in See, that's what I like about your stuff. It doesn't shy away from the more painful aspects of life. And you really get a sense of just how important catharsis and healing is. And, and obviously with your profession as well, too. Well, it's been interesting because you probably know a favorite poet of mine, as with many people, is Annette Billings, uh, Annette Hope Billings. And she has, I think, some similar situations in her life early years that I did but she's her poetry I think is much more uplifting and hopeful than mine and I've given that thought over the years and I think some of that may be because she started talking about her um, situation earlier than I so she's maybe further along in terms of healing but to get to the stage where she is you kind of have to go through the stage where I was or have been um, more so than I am now so it is definitely a process and I think it's important for people to remember what, when they discuss traumatic um, incidents that we all have some traumas in our life and it's really important not to judge other people's traumas which I have done in the past um, I'm ashamed to say but live and learn but it is important to give permission to people to speak and to appreciate that you know what they're saying is very heartfelt for them and we have to have to move through it at our own pace I know that as well as doing the life coaching and the the community outreach uh, part of that is that you are involved in the, the Kansas Authors Club, and you, you had a little bit to say about that? Yes, uh, Kansas Authors Club has been just so instrumental in my career as a poet. I didn't really realize that there was such a thing, and many people still don't know about it. It's the oldest writing club of its kind in the United States, which wow. I think is just a, says a huge amount for not only Kansans, but for the beauty of Kansas and how inspiring it is. 
But uh, I joined Kansas Office Club right as my children's father was passing away. They happened to be having a, their state convention, which happens yearly here in Lawrence. And somebody called me and asked me if I was going to go to it. And I asked Dimitri and if I had permission to attend. And he gave me his blessing and told me to go and uh, went to it and shared some poetry and then was able to go back and be with him the last days of his life and he was a poet and we actually wrote some of the poems that I had then read at his funeral together which is a pretty remarkable thing to do but since then I had had nothing published I uh, happened to run into a friend of Dimitri's who's Roger Shimamura really well-known artist and I don't know if he's still a KU professor but uh, he had shown a a documentary about growing up imprisoned, you know, as a Jap- young Japanese child. I think he was three when that occurred. And the documentary influenced me enough that I wrote a poem about it when I got home and I, I happened to send it to him. And uh, he wrote back and said that he would have that taken to his with his personal papers to the Smithsonian Art Institute. And uh, that is kind of, you know, what more can one ask for? for encouragement that when their first poem receives that type of, that they've shared publicly has received that type of acceptance. And um, since then, Karen Goldberg, I have to say, has really been instrumental in my career. Denise Lowe, they've been so encouraging. And the Kansas Authors Club, I now have through the different uh, people that I've known and and, uh, Kansas Authors Club now have, besides the three books of poetry published, I have poetry and probably, I'm going to say probably nine or ten anthologies uh, three of which just are coming out this year or just have recently come out. So real excited about that. Kansas Authors Club, I became their poetry contest manager for the state several years ago, and then I became vice president of the state three years ago and was vice president for two years, and I just became state president January 1st of this year, and that's a two-year term. I had been district president of District 2, which is the Lawrence, uh, Emporia, Kansas City, and, and uh, that area for a couple of years, so we really have got to know poets all over the state of Kansas, but also all over the United States and world, and we have found judges outside of the state of Kansas to help judge with contests. And we have uh, our Kansas Office Club state contests are open right now, and they will be through midnight of June 15th, so I encourage everyone to go on and find out more about their, those. There are a category for everyone. There's I believe it's eight categories in prose and eight in poetry. And then we have several book uh, contests as well for poetry and novel writing and so forth, history. I have sponsored for the first time a spoken word contest. We have youth contests and categories, and they don't have to pay to enter those contests. And those are for first graders all the way through seniors in high school. So there's a spoken word contest for um, the high school age group, but then we also have an adult spoken word contest. And there is a fee of, I believe it's $5 per contest or category for adults if you're a member. If you're a non-member, I believe it's $7. So uh, we really are hopeful for youth being involved in Kansas Office Club. That's one of the reasons we've sponsored the spoken word category. And uh, we have an excellent judge for that. So, yeah, I, I'm hoping that more people will find out about it and decide to join Kansas Authors Club. For more information on the different contests, they can go to kansasauthorsclub.weebly, that's W-E-E-E-L-Y.com. And our state convention is October 5th, 6th, and 7th in Salina. The quality in there is hosting it. That's really nice. That's a lot. That's a lot on your guys' plate there. 
Um, yeah, it really is. Every year it's hosted by a different district. There's seven districts in the state of Kansas. So each district has their turn up, and this is district four's turn. So they're the ones that are the Salina area. Ah, uh, Salina area. That's got a lot of poetry in that scene. So hopefully yes, it's going to be good really to So you said that God, does time fly? Uh, Water Signs came out last year, roughly around this time in July? Right, July of uh, 2017, it was released. (laughs) It seems like uh, just yesterday I got myself a copy of that down at at the Raven. Um, It does go fast. (laughs) Would you mind reading a a piece or two from Water Signs? No, I'd be happy to. I've got it here. And I'm going to read a... uh poem that was originally printed in uh, I-70 Review, and I thank them for picking it up. It's called Inverted Tulips. This morning, the Iranian placed a note in Farsi on a bureau close to my bed. He put it there so I would dream of inverted tulips growing on sloped meadows in a poetry-based culture. It smelled distinct, heavy as testosterone, almost as delicious. Yesterday, I followed a recipe for mulligan stew, directions given by the homeless person who passed me on the street. He placed a finger to his lips to silence me. I could smell the ingredients on him, and I had the money to buy what I needed. Last night, a note discovered from the Navajo mother. It had large loops, like lassos capturing the sky, scrawled across the page. This night, no longer content with who I am, I go in search foreign tastes. This is called If You Want, and I don't know that it was published anywhere else. If you want to know the city, squat and piss over a manhole, follow where the rivulet spills beneath jaded neon lights. Go deep into its bells, place your lips against veins as it sleeps in alleyway trash bins, blow it back into existence. If you want to know the country, place a cricket in your mouth. Savor the reverberation as you rub your legs in climax. Give the stallion his head. Close your eyes. Trust his gallop along the V of the gravel road. will take you someplace you have always wanted to go. To know a man, don't go with him to prison. Look into his eyes. Make love. Echo his cries. Rock him as he weeps the tears he's held inside. To know a woman, watch her nurse her newborn. Look at her expression as she reached the last page of a book. Note the way she walks as she walks away. If you want to know a poet, read his words. Do not trust you have a clue as to what he meant. Read his words again until they become your own. God, I, that's that's what I love about your stuff. It's just I love vivid story poetry. That's something that paints an image that takes you somewhere. I'm with you, I agree. And I don't know what all forms of poetry you write. I know I enjoy occasionally doing, you know, certainly rhyme poetry, but narrative poetry and free verse seem to be the ones that, that really work for my, you know, needs of, of expression. So, and narrative poetry really has taken off as one of the more popular ones in Kansas Authors Club now. Free verse, I think, is still the most popular, but we also have classic forms and Japanese form categories as well. So there's, there's some of those for everyone. Um, wanted to mention a few things that are upcoming, if I might. Of course. I will be doing a poetry reading, and you probably know some of these people maybe, with Olive Sullivan from her Wandering Bone book and Izzy Wazerstein, one with Creation Falls. We'll be doing that in uh, Pittsburgh 
uh, July 21st, and that's called Poetry in Pittsburgh from 4 to 6 p.m. at Eclectic Soul Studio, 601 North Broadway. Saturday, July 28th, more locally, is the Kansas Time and Place Anthology of Heartland Poetry Reading, and we have approximately 30 poets, and they will be reading at um, Watkins Museum of History in, in Lawrence, so that will be a really good one to catch, and that will be from 1 to 3, July 28th in the afternoon, but I suspect that will end up being increased more from, likely from 1, 1 to 6. And then I've got thrilled to find out just yesterday that I will be presenting at the Power of Words conference in Plainsfield, Vermont, at Goddard College for the Transformative Language Arts Conference, and that is October 12th through 14th. So I have never been to Vermont. I'm really looking forward to that. And I'll be doing a 90-minute presentation on talking to crickets. Um, I've been touring Kansas quite a bit doing one of two presentations, either the talking to crickets or writing your trauma without so much drama. And uh, both of those have worked pretty well for me. Sounds like you have a lot of exciting stuff on your plate. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. September will also find me in Colby. I'm supposed to be presenting my memoir called Gun Memories of a Stone-Eyed Coal Girl, and uh, I will be then going on into St. Francis, Kansas, and reading their art center that same weekend. But uh, looking forward to that, too. That's kind of my home area. St. Francis is where I graduated from high school. Well, uh, we thank you very greatly for coming on to the show with us and spending time with us and sharing your wonderful words with us. Well, I look forward to hearing your other interviews with poets. I know there's such an amazing blend that we have in our area, so um, you've got a, a great lineup. I know that, and you do a great job. Thank you very much. And You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you. If there's any last words you just wanted to say to our listeners... Um, I just pulled up something from my book, Moonstain, earlier today and repeated it, and it was, I don't write poetry, it writes me, but the it writes me is spelled R-I-G-H-T-S, mm. um, and poetry does that for us. It, it provides a lot of healing, or it certainly has for me. That's beautiful. Thank you very much. And it brings me great pleasure to read these next few poems by Lawrence poet Macy Webb. Um, these two poems are dedicated to late poet Jessica Elise. I found your tooth in a box. It was your front tooth, and it was the pin drop no one properly heard announcing illness when it fell unbidden from your mouth one day. It was in a tiny box with your name on the outside. Jess. The kind of box that earrings come in when you get them as a gift. I found your tooth in a box with your toenail that finally fell off after you'd smashed it, moving into the house with the crow's nest porch. On the same day that I realized that the extra pair of keys that had been floating around the house for months now are your set of keys. There's a key to my car on there. I floated weightless outside to try it in the door, and when it unlocked, I knew for sure the things I'd known now for months also. You're gone. Your box of tooth and nail is lousy with cockroach casings as they outgrew their small hard shells and moved on. Who needs teeth and nails anymore? The whole world is full of nothing and no one to fight. 
And maybe this will happen again, but maybe not. Now I know there's no way to tell. I couldn't fuck you better. Like that friend of someone's with breast cancer whose ex-boyfriend went to meet her in the state where she was going for treatment at some famous cancer clinic, and I'd promised to fuck her all the time while she was healing because something about how that was supposed to help or something, I'm not even sure what the hell that means. You didn't even feel like being touched most of the time. Your wounds made you self-conscious, and that's how I know you can't see yourself being brave. Because one day I could see your heartbeat pulsing in the spot where the doctors cut out a chunk of your skull and then put it back, just calm and collected, not anywhere near as panicked as I was. The thing you couldn't handle was how the skin glue stuck to your hair and flaked like dandruff and the way people stared at the gaping scar when you took off the yellow hat. We all have to believe we're going to make it, regardless of facts. You asked me if I knew the soul is eternal. It's the central question in the entirety of philosophy to your mind. It's full of grandeur, debate, speculation, pseudoscience, interference, divinings, and proclamations. And I sit here next to your hospital bed, wondering if we're not missing the mark. Any shot may miss the mark, because that pain medication makes you sleep so hard right now, and I'm wondering. Is it more important that our bodies are immortal? If we correctly align our values based in the knowledge that time is ephemeral, relative, short as hell, and heavy, does the philosophy of soul, philosophy of mind, become just an extension of the golden rule? Because my body is as frail as yours, and in more ways than it is distinct, even today, while you sleep. Namaste, they say. Those pronouncers of other many great knowledges often prescribe the same return to ground us into this earth or try. My head stays in the sky, looking down at this crawling ant-like existence and admitting to always maintain compassion for the slow or fast death we are all in the process of incurring. Thank you very much, Macy. Those pieces, those were gorgeous. Thank you for your bravery and your honesty. And if any of you listeners would like to submit to the show, please contact us via our new Facebook page, Sunflower Sutras, affiliated with the Washburn Radio KR Woo Facebook page. Give that a look as well. Feel free to message us there or message at tara.bartley at yahoo.com. Either will work. And remember, we're looking for any kind of poetry. We are not going to discriminate against any shape, size, smell, form of any kind. We are very eager to hear your words. Slán and thank you very much.